Hi everyone, welcome back to our show, To That Point. I'm Jasmine Escher. I'm Montana Blair. Our next series of episodes is dubbed Burn It Down. Dramatic, I know, but our goal here is to demystify the illusions of the popular corporate and freelance careers we see all over our LinkedIn. We phoned up friends who've made impressive career pivots to learn more about why they did it and how they made it happen, and convince them to give us the full picture, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Today's episode is an interview with our good friend, Will Davis, a product manager, entrepreneur, and soon-to-be software engineer. Will has always inspired me with his honesty and willingness to change paths when the time is right. Because we know many of you in our community are interested in product management, we wanted to bring him on the pod to give us his unfiltered thoughts as he leaves PM for software engineering pastures. I myself have gone back and forth a number of times on whether or not a pivot to product management makes sense. So it was great to hear Will's journey and get a better understanding of what a day in the life of a PM actually looks like. We're no strangers to the glorified PM narrative. The opportunity to lead a team at the intersection of business, design, and engineering sounds ideal. However, it's great to get the perspective of someone who found they preferred to dive deeper into one area. Before we get into today's episode, I will just say that this wasn't recorded all in one take, or two. You're joining us after a few Zencaster and Zoom snafus, so buckle up and enjoy the ride. Will's self-promo got cut a little short, so I'll plug him now. Go follow him on Twitter at underscore Will Davis underscore and support the awesome projects he's about to tell you more about. Okay, enjoy. I'll just start from the top, whatever. All right. For the fifth time, Will, welcome to the show. We're super happy to have you on. For people who don't know Will, I met him via our mutual friend, Kyle. They were childhood best friends, but we didn't really get to know each other until you and Alex moved to New York when you're going to Cornell Tech. Um, I think you have a really interesting perspective in terms of making career pivots at a relatively young age and just kind of realizing that something's off and making a change right then. And I think a lot of people that listen to us will really appreciate that. And I also think that your experience in tech and your different experiences in tech will really add to Uh, just kind of the stories that we've been telling around career development. And so I'm excited to get your perspective as someone who wants to do creative projects, but from more of a tech perspective. So to start, do you want to give a little bit of an intro on yourself and kind of what you've been up to in the past couple of years? Yeah, absolutely. So I I think one thing is you said career pivots. I think emphasis on the plural. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like I've kind of had multiple in a shortish amount of time. But yeah, I I guess I'll I'll start from the beginning. In undergrad, did mechanical engineering. Um, I studied at Texas Texas A&M University, did the whole mechanical engineering thing, a very technical degree, and ended up going to work at General Motors uh, as a mechanical engineer there. At General Motors, it was very like slow paced. It was not a ton of fun. It was like old technology that we were working with. It was not something that I was really enjoying at the time. So I actually ended up making a change and wanting to move into tech. So in order to do that, I kind of went the more traditional route. I'm just going to go back to school. And so I, I found a program at Cornell Tech and got in and actually made moved to New York City, where I studied for um, my master's degree. Uh, It was a two-year master's program, 
in information science with a concentration in connective media. And it was there when I like really started enjoying um, building technology. I enjoyed software engineering. I enjoyed user research, all those things. And that was the beautiful thing about the program that I was in. It was that, that it, it was very interdisciplinary. And so I was working right alongside uh, MBAs, uh, like Johnson School MBAs. Uh, I was working alongside other computer science students, and then actually also some UX designers as well from um, the Parsons School of Design. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know there was a partnership with Parsons. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was super cool. So we had we had a bunch of Parsons kids. We actually also had some Pratt's, uh, some Pratt kids as well. And then one of the programs that I was in uh, had to do with uh, journalism and new media and, and things like that. And that was like across the city, like pretty much every single university in the city: Columbia, Parsons, Pratt, uh, Queens College. All of these different NYU, all these different universities were involved in that. And that was actually one of my favorite classes. It was called Tech, Media, and Democracy. Nice. Yeah. So a lot of listeners up to that point, they're either later in their college life, so juniors and seniors in college, or they're early-ish on in their careers. And we've gotten a few questions about how do you know if you're making the right career decisions, or how do you know when it's a, a good time for you to move on to something else? And so I'd love to hear from you just kind of the feelings that you recognize in yourself or how you just kind of knew that this isn't just that I don't like the company or I don't like the team, but I actually want to pivot into something else, either adjacent or pivot into something else entirely. And how did you actually pull the trigger and make that decision? Yeah, totally. So I kind of talked a little bit about this at General Motors. I wasn't enjoying what I was doing there. It was slower pace than I wanted. And I also wanted to work with newer technology. And maybe, you know, eventually work at a startup and that kind of thing. So I went to grad school. After graduating from Cornell Tech, I went into product management. Uh, I worked as a product manager first at WW, formerly known as Weight Watchers, and then went to work at a company called 30 Madison, which is, uh, at the time, it was like a, I think it was a 40 to 50 person startup. uh, And I was joining one of their three brands, which was called Evens, as their third employee and the first and only product manager. When I joined, we I was essentially tasked to relaunch the product after an unsuccessful launch. So from a product management standpoint, this was kind of a holy grail kind of thing. Like I, uh, this is something I've been wanting to try and to do uh, for a while. And so I think this was the ultimate test of, of if this was going to work out or be something I wanted to do, because this is the opportunity that you kind of hope to get without like having to take the risks to actually t- you know start a startup in your own and and raise venture capital and all of that. And so I joined 30 Madison, worked there for a while and was finding out that I I was not enjoying it at all. And it had nothing to do with 30 Madison. I just was not enjoying the ins and outs of being a product manager especially at a small company like that. I was working, you know, 60 hour a week, 70 hour weeks. You're fielding any issue at any moment in time. And it's just constant meetings, constant planning, constant. You, you don't have enough time ever to catch up. If I enjoyed creating roadmaps, if I enjoyed creating product requirement documents, all of that, I think there's a lot of people and a lot of product managers out there that really enjoy doing that work. But that was not me. I really enjoy um, getting my hands dirty, actually creating like the 
design prototypes or actually like building software uh, like I was doing in grad school. And so after months and months of waking up every morning and being like, how am I going to make it through this day as my, as a product manager in this role? And in the meantime, when I was had my, my free moments uh, building software and building projects on the side, I came to realize that like things were not matching the way they should. I should be doing things for the majority of my day at the at work that I actually enjoy, right? Not hating every single moment and then using those little spare moments to, to be doing the things I enjoy in my free time. So that's when I uh, eventually made the, uh, the call to, to change and to actually move into something more creative-y and also more in line with the things that I like to do. And so that's when I uh, decided I'm moving into software engineering and, and taking some time off in order to make that change. Right. And something that Jasmine and I really wanted to get your take on is just this very mythical, you know, reputation of the product manager. I feel like that's something that's gotten a lot of attention in the past maybe three to five years where it's sold as this dream career where you can be at the intersection of tech and business and engineering and design and you can hold a leadership position at 25 and you'll make a lot of money and you're like, you know, leading these huge teams and making an impact. And Jasmine and I both have had PM-ish roles, more in a consulting context at Accenture, but we've led teams of devs and engineers and both of us have thought about, okay, should I apply to a full-time PM role outside of consulting? And it's been really good for me personally to have heard your perspective on it as someone who's had two different roles. And I've spoken to a few other people as well. And so I'd love to just get your take on kind of what you thought PM would be before getting into it, and then what the reality was after having had two roles. So the good, the bad, and the ugly of PM. Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit it on it perfectly. There's like this ethos or like this like ephemeral idea of what a product manager is and does. And because of that, a ton of you know recent MBA grads and all of this um, no longer want to be in investment banking or or anything like that, right? They they want to move into tech. And how do they do that? Product management. And you know, it totally makes sense. I think a consultant, a management consultant is really well fit in order to do this kind of role. They're very organized. They're great at documentation and they're great at like large vision, like vision type of things. But I I think that I kind of got wrapped up in that idea of of what product management was. You're not really going to be making the super high up business decisions from a business perspective. Those are going to come down from your business partners at the company. And then, of course, you're not going to be actually writing code, right? You're going to be like working with your engineers to write code. What you essentially are, you're the conduit in which information flows from each of those three partners or each of those three roles within a company. And what I found out is that while there are a lot of people who are super good at being that conduit and enjoy being that conduit, that is not what I enjoyed. I would rather have been in one of those roles like design, engineering, or business, and focusing within that itself. Jazz, I don't know if you have any questions because you're you've been more. It was only very recently that you ruled out PM, so I feel like you might have more questions. 
Yeah. So I had a little bit of a mid-20s crisis. I was like, oh God, I've got to go do something else. And I was like, PM. PM is it. I've heard so much about it. It's talk of the town. Let's do it. Like I've I've figured it out in some capacity at my current consulting gig. Like it can't be that hard. And it's just so funny when you like talk to someone who's done product management or you even just like mention PM, all of a sudden it's like, oh yes, PM, like that is I. Let me tell you a little bit more. And it's I I don't know if I was more attracted to the actual like role and what's expected in the day-to-day more than I was like I wanted the title of a PM on my resume because I felt like if I wanted to pivot into engineering, design, business, whatever have you, product management would be a great first step for someone to say, hey, you at least know how this works. Sure, we'll take you on. We'll let you learn. So that was my expectation. And I don't know. I've also had a couple conversations, Montana, like you with folks, just to get a better glimpse into what it looks like. And I just don't think it's what I want to do. I think it would be like a helpful little path for me to go on that could fork off a couple different ways. But I also want to be creatively stimulated. I want to own more of something that's strategical and like have input rather than just help coordinate things. Yeah, totally. So I think that there's a lot there. First of all, yeah, product product managers and product management, it definitely is a role that attracts a lot of people and attracts, I feel like, certain types of people as well. It's the types of people that want to have influence. They want to have a role, a leadership type of role. I think one thing that's like important for people who don't know a lot about product management to know is that you don't lead people. You are not a manager of people. You're a manager of this inanimate object, which is you know, software, which is the product. And because of that, you actually don't have the like powers that you typically would of a pro- of an actual manager, people manager. But I think that often gets lost in in the sauce kind of situation. You're seen as the CEO of the product, and CEOs have all authority. But actually, it's it's not like that at all. When I was at Cornell Tech, I feel like this was right when product management was getting super popular. It was already popular, uh, especially on the West Coast. But I I feel like it was really when it was just totally proliferated and. and had invaded all the MBA schools. Students were all very aware, and especially the business students were very aware of what product management was. I don't think the university itself was. So I don't. I, I would like to say that Cornell Tech did not actually have a lot, that the school itself did not have a lot to do with my I, my thoughts of wanting to join product and things like that. Our career, our career people had a lot of product jobs uh, or had bound product jobs to help us all apply to and things like that. But there was no very formalized product management type of thing. I think the only program at the time that was a formalized product management program, I think was at Carnegie Mellon. Uh, I think they have like a one year product management course or product management degree um, that you can do. That being said though, I, I, I had no idea what product management was before I went to grad school to Cornell Tech. I actually originally went to grad school with the idea that I would do like UX design um, which was a totally different thing that I'm even wanting to do now. Uh, and actually, like, I did not, there's, there's not a lot of supporting coursework for UX design at Cornell Tech. I think if I truly wanted to, like, do that, I probably would have went to 
um, Parsons or, or to Pratt or to uh, Carnegie Mellon or something like that. But that being said, uh, I, I did take a lot of like user research classes and things like that. My path in grad school to actually finding out what, what product management was, was the, the fact that I interfaced a lot with MBAs, pretty much like a, a third of the students at Cornell Tech are Johnson School MBAs. And they were all aboard the product management train. And so I saw in my, my, year, my program was two years, MBA program was one year. And so my first year, I saw all these MBAs being like, oh, I can't, I'm, I'm trying to get this product management job. Like it's so competitive, I can't get it, but it's so cool, I have to do it. And so that kind of triggered my, like, my, my mind to be like, okay, product management must be good, must be cool. A lot of people want it. And I feel like that's what a lot of people kind of have, right? They don't they don't really know what product management is, but a lot of people want it. And so I must have it as well. So that's that's where I initially kind of got exposed to it. And then I think similarly, like we were talking earlier, we the, the idea that it sits at the center of all these things was appealing to me at the time. Um, without even having an idea of what that role looks like. All of that is kind of what led me to moving to that product management type of role and where the influence lied within Cornell Tech. There was no formal kind of thing going on there. Okay, so the last bit that we really wanted to get um, out of you is your projects that you're working on right now. I'm currently making that change from product to engineering. And the way that I've decided to do that is that I'm not going to focus as much on the typical software engineering like programming questions. I'm going to have the basic ones lined out, but you know, I, I can't compete with the Croatian guy who spends 40 hours a, a, a day basically <laughs> working on programming questions. He's going to beat me every single time. Where I can excel is with the projects and the portfolio that I have. And so that's where I'm focusing a lot of my my time is, is building up my portfolio. And then also if one of those portfolio projects that I have gains traction, then that's a really awesome thing as well. And why, you know, why can't we just uh, have a Chrome extension that when you're searching for books on Amazon, brings up a list of your local bookstores, local independent bookstores, uh, and directly links to their websites where you can purchase that book. I think for most people, the most difficult thing about purchase, purchasing a book from the local bookstore is that you can never count on the book actually being on the website. You can't, it's it's often really hard just to figure out where are your closest local bookstores. It's just like, even if it's not that hard, it's just extra steps. And it's so much easier to pull up Amazon, search your book, and then purchase it with one click and it's there in two days. So this was with the goal to lower that barrier uh, instead of having to go Google search for your, your store and the book at your store, it's just going to surface it right there when you're looking on Amazon instead. So I've been working on that. Um, I have a beta out right now that we're getting some, some great feedback from uh, and getting some, a, lot of, a lot of testing done on that. Uh, and so that's been re- a really great experience. Um, and then in the meantime, I'm actually, uh, I've started a program called the On Deck uh, No Code Fellowship Program, uh, which is funny because it kind of goes against what I was saying about me wanting to do software engineering. 
Um, but somebody actually said the other day that they call it visual programming instead of no code. And I think it's a really apt description. You still have to have a lot of the, the coding fundamentals and uh, nailed down before you can really dig deep into no code projects. So that's what I've been, that's what I'm currently doing. And for the next 10 weeks, I'll be part of the On Deck Fellowship and, and meeting a bunch of other fellows where we all are working on independent projects and then potentially um, meeting co-founders to continue working on those projects after. I'm so excited for Indie Books to come to life. I've been using it as, you know, you really? yeah, as an inaugural beta tester, I have the honor of using it. Um, <laughs> but I think that's, that's great. And I'm super excited to see what you do with the fellowship. And if it's Indie Books or if it's something else, I'm sure it'll be great. And I'm just, yeah, I'm excited to see what you put out into the world. And I guess to close off, I know you just started a Twitter for real, but where can people follow along with you and your projects? Yeah, I've had a long dormant Twitter where I haven't really posted much, but now I am joining the, the train of hashtag build in public. And so I post a lot of my updates about what I'm building how things are going um, for different projects I'm working on, even with my interview stuff, all of that. And so you can find me at underscore Will Davis underscore uh, on Twitter. So uh, yeah, if you want to follow no code stuff, if you want to follow code code stuff <laughs> uh, and all the parts I'm building, yeah, check it out. Thanks for tuning in. To That Point is created and produced by us, Montana and Jasmine. Big thanks to Levi Berry for the audio engineering and editing. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please review and rate us. You can find many more inspiring and authentic conversations in our past two seasons on the modern grad school experience and sustainability in fashion and design. Keep up with us on Instagram and TikTok, both at To That Point and stay tuned for a very special project coming soon. See ya.